Normal broadcasting has been discontinued. Coming to you from Portland, Oregon. The sports business capital of North America. Keep your radio tuned to this frequency. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. Now, your host. I tell you, I've never seen anything like that guy. Brian Berger. Thanks for checking out the only show in the country dedicated to covering the business side of sports. Glad you could join us this week. In segment three, Lee Corso. He's ESPN's college football expert. He's going to join us to discuss the upcoming college football season. We're also going to discuss Corso's involvement with a company called Team Baby Entertainment. If you're a parent like I am, you've probably heard of Baby Einstein. It's a learning DVD for young children. Well, Corso is one of the voices of Team Baby Entertainment. He's going to tell us all about that project coming up in segment three. In segment four, Sports Sense, Charles Robinson from Yahoo Sports. He's their NFL reporter. He's going to join us to dissect the messy Michael Vick case. Vick will plead guilty to federal dog fighting charges on Monday, and this case has many, many layers to it. We're going to discuss all of them with Charles Robinson in segment four. A couple of other notes. Visit our improved website at sportsbusinessradio.com. You can catch us on demand anytime you want. Just go to the podcast page on sportsbusinessradio.com. I'm joined in studio by Nathan Roach. And Nathan, you know, I, I really racked my brain all week to figure out if there's ever been an athlete who has had a fall from grace like Michael Vick. This is a guy that's going to lose about $100 million. More importantly, he's going to lose his freedom. And the only guy I could come up with was Mike Tyson. Kobe Bryant didn't go to jail, and Ray Lewis didn't go to jail. So you've got to put Vick, maybe he is... The biggest fall from grace of all time. Well, I think financially, there's really no question. I mean, Mike Tyson obviously makes a lot of money, went to jail, and you have to box to make money. But a $130 million contract, I can't think of anybody else that you know has lost that much financially. Yeah, and you know, again, we're going to catch up with Charles Robinson in segment four. But this is just a mess for him, for the NFL, and for the Atlanta Falcons. We'll talk about that more in segment four. Uh, George Mitchell. He may finally have found his star witness to give this investigation that's been going on for almost two years is costing them $15 million. He may finally have found his star witness. We're going to tell you about that next in headlines. And I broke some big news regarding Nike founder Phil Knight this week. We're going to fill you in on that coming up in headlines. But, Nathan, Phil Knight has cashed in over a billion dollars in Nike stock in the last 18 months. And uh, we're going to hear more about where that money may be going coming up in our headline segment next. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. This is Brian Berger from Sports Business Radio. I know many of our listeners dream of a job in the sports industry but don't know where to begin. To me, it's an easy call. Go where sports business education got its start, at the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon. As the first business school in the country to offer undergraduate and graduate programs themed around this multi-billion dollar industry, the Warsaw Center offers a unique blend and strong general business training, sports business curriculum taught by industry experts, and rich out-of-classroom experiences including real-world consulting projects, study tours, and internships. With a strong industry and alumni network and a staff dedicated to accelerating your career, the Warsaw Center has a proven track record of placing students in teams, league offices, corporate sponsors, marketing agencies, sports media, and sports shoe and apparel firms. But like any elite team, there's only a few spots on the roster. To learn more, visit sportsbusinessradio.com for a link to the center's website. The Warsaw Sports Marketing Center. Passion, integrity, and leadership in sports business education. 
Back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. It's time for this week's Sports Business Radio headline, sponsored by the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon. Visit warsawcenter.com for more information. Headline number one, Atlanta Falcons quarterback Michael Vick's lead attorney, Billy Martin, said on Monday that Vick will plead guilty to federal dogfighting conspiracy charges. Prosecutors who were seeking a prison term of 12 to 18 months have yet to formally agree to the plea. The plea hearing is set for this Monday, and Judge Henry Hudson said that no details of the deal will be made public before then. Meanwhile, NFL sources said that Commissioner Roger Goodell will likely suspend Vic indefinitely and that a final decision will come after the legal case has been resolved. Meanwhile, the Falcons will wait for the NFL to hand down its punishment for Vic. Terminating Vic's contract could disqualify the Falcons from claiming more than $22 million of signing bonus proration. So look for the team to keep him on the roster for now. Nathan, more on this. Well, here's the deal. Vic has three years left on his contract, including this season. If he's unable to play in any of those seasons because of the legal action, which he probably won't be, the Falcons can make a legal case that he failed to fulfill his contract, and then they'll claim back his $7.5 million of signing bonus proration. And he signed a 10-year, $130 million deal. Yeah, so this makes good business sense for the Falcons to follow the NFL's lead Wait and see what happens here with them, and then they can go after that money. And again, Vic is probably going to lose between 80 to $100 million in unearned contract money and then also endorsement money lost and, and things like that. So this is an expensive mistake for him. The other thing is, you know, some people said, well, when he gets out of prison, maybe he'll just go up and play in the Canadian Football League. Well, guess what? That's not going to be an option. A rule instituted last spring does not allow a team to sign a player under suspension in another league. The rule was passed after Argonauts signed running back Ricky Williams, who had been suspended by the NFL for violating its substance abuse policy. So that's not going to be a possibility. Maybe the only home for him is going to be the Arena Football League. And again, it could be anywhere from two to four years before uh, Michael Vick's even able to play football again. Well, and there's not a lot of money in the Arena Football League. The thing I always think about when I hear about this is, where do, do athletes have this money saved away? I mean, we know that athletes live pretty, they live pretty high roller, and, and if they may not, Vick may not have any money left to pay back the Falcons or anyone else for that matter. Well, and if he does have money saved, it sounds like the Falcons are going to come after it from that signing bonus money. So if you're Michael Vick, big, big trouble ahead for you. Our next headline, a story I broke this past Monday on my blog at sportsbusinessradio.com and via our Portland affiliate, News Radio 750 KXL. Nike chair and co-founder Phil Knight, an alumnus of the University of Oregon, and his wife Penny have pledged $100 million to the school's athletic department. It's the largest gift of any kind to a university in Oregon. It's tied for the second largest gift ever given to a collegiate athletic department. Just for reference, Boone Pickens donated $165 million to Oklahoma State's athletic department in 2006. Now, Nathan, one of the things that this is really going to do is the Ducks have had this arena that they've wanted to build for basketball. Matt Court, where they play now, was built in 1926. This is going to help them get that project off the ground. Well, certainly it is. And we always talk about how collegiate athletics is really big-time sports because Phil Knight, everyone in Portland wonders, maybe why doesn't Phil Knight build a stadium for another professional team to come into town? College athletics, we've said it over and over again on this show, is as big as professional sports. And here's a perfect example. Well, and guess what? Phil Knight's probably not done handing out money, as I alluded to in segment one. He cashed in over a billion dollars worth of stock 
here's where 100 million of it is going, but there's probably going to be more. He's made a donation to the University of Stanford. I think there's what by my math that's about 800 million dollars more to hand out. Maybe he'll uh, take sports business radio under his wing. You never know. That'd be nice. Our next headline, George Mitchell may finally have the teeth he's been looking for to add substance to the $15 million investigation he's been leading for Major League Baseball. SI.com is reporting that former Mets clubhouse attendant Kirk Radomski has provided names of former steroid clients to Mitchell. Indications are that Radomski has been the star witness that Major League Baseball and Mitchell had hoped for. It's still unclear whether Mitchell will make some or all of the players' names known in his final report, a source familiar with the report says there's going to be more to this report than most people had thought. So, Nathan, you know, we've kind of been ripping on George I was George just going to Mitchell. say, do we have to stop bagging on George Mitchell now? Do we have to actually listen to what he has to say? Well, it looks like he may be coming oh, up big in the end. And we talked about Kirk Radomski a few months ago, and we said, watch out for this guy. This guy and Jason Grimsley, they have been supplying performance-enhancing drugs. If they're willing to name names... It will get ugly. Here's the thing I'm going to look for. Okay, this report's going to have names in it. What does Bud Selig do? Does he want to hurt his sport? Is he going to let these names come out? What if these names are stars and it's going to taint his sport? Will he let that happen? I'll be interested to watch that. Our next headline, with the NBA embroiled in the Tim Donaghy scandal, the league has named Lawrence Pedowitz, who's a former chief of criminal division in the U.S. Attorney's Office, for the Southern District of New York. He's a current partner in the law firm Wachtell, Lipton, Rosen, and Katz. He's going to lead a comprehensive review of the league's rules, policies, and procedures relating to gambling and its officiating program. Now, meanwhile, Nathan, reports persist that Tim Donaghy in the next week or two is going to name 20 other officials who have gambling activity. They may not have the activity that he had and influenced the outcome of games. But he's going to say guys have been in casinos, guys have been in the golf course. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. The golf course and and that kind of stuff is just ridiculous. What I want to see here is them focus on whether or not NBA games were affected by the betting. And we all know that everybody has little side bets here and there. I'll be interested to see how far they stretch this thing. But let me play devil's advocate for a minute. If you're going to be David Stern and you're going to stand up at the press conference, you're going to say no gambling of any kind is allowed then you've got to ban this kind of gambling. It can't be gray. It's got to be black or white. Either you can't gamble or you can. There can't be, well, you can do it at casinos. You can do it at horse races. You can do it on the golf course, but you can't do it in these places. It's got to be a hard, fast rule moving forward or else you're going to have too much of a gray area and you're going to have problems like this. Our last headline, according to the Chicago Tribune, Matt Murphy, the fan who caught Giants left fielder Barry Bonds' record-breaking 756 home run, has tapped Sotheby's in SCP auctions to help with an August 28th to September 5th, or September 15th, I'm sorry, online auction of the item. SCP Auctions president David Kohler believes that this ball will sell for at least $500,000. Now, Murphy's going to split the proceeds 51 to 49 with one of his friends. And I guess you go to scpauctions.com to place your bid. When I believe 755 is also going to be up for auction in addition to 756. So it'll be interesting to see how much that one goes for. I'm sure it'll be less than the 500000 So over under 500000 I say under. I say uh, 250 Wow, so you think they're only going to get half? I do. I think they're only going to get half. 
Why do you if, say that? If you're bidding on a baseball, which one do you want more, 755 or the one that broke the record? Well, I want 756. Well, they're going on there almost the exact same time. Well, but why would you say it's going to go for half that amount? Well, did you think less than half? No, I think it's going to go for close to 500000 It'll be interesting. We'll have to keep, uh, keep uh, our eye on it. Speaking of betting, we'll, do, uh, we'll bet a Starbucks coffee on that one. Sounds good. All right, coming up next, Lee Corso. He is one of the popular analysts for ESPN's College Game Day. It's coming up on September 1st. They're going to be in Blacksburg, Virginia with that program. He's a lot of fun to catch up with. I look forward to it. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. My guest is Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Let's go back to the year 2000. The year before you bought the Mavericks, they were 40 and 42. Fan interest was pretty lukewarm. When you bought this team, what did you see in this team? What was the potential that you saw to get them to where they are today? Probably none. (laughs) Brian Berger goes one-on-one with the biggest names. My guest is Dr. Miles Brand, the president of the NCAA. I think the reason why we have a BCS-type system in Division 1A and elsewhere we have playoffs is that the schools in Division 1A feel that the regular season is the most important aspect of football. Read the Sports Business blog and listen to SBR On Demand at sportsbusinessradio.com. See, I think that's the big thing. Sports Business Radio, Saturday, <laughs> or online at sportsbusinessradio.com. This is Sports Business Radio. My guest is Lee Corso. He's the co-host of the popular ESPN College Game Day show. I am a big fan of the show. I've watched it for years. Very excited to catch up with Lee this week. Lee, thanks for joining me. My pleasure, Brian. I'm looking forward to being with you. Thanks a lot. You know, College Game Day, it's beginning its 21st season. I can't believe it's been 21 years. You've been with the show for 15 years. It really looks like you and Chris Fowler, Kirk Herbstreet, looks like you guys are having a really good time when you're doing that show. Talk to me about the chemistry you guys have on that show. Well, first of all, we've been doing it a while, you know, and and, and most important thing I think on radio or television shows is you've got to check your ego at the door. You know, if you, if there's one person that's got an ego there that's too big, it never it never makes the show. So I think with the differences are in our ages, which helps for some of the different feelings and controversial thoughts, uh, that and the fact that we get along well enough to know that if you, when you win, Brian, there's enough for everybody. So you don't have to you know just try to steal the show for anybody. I think. With that kind of an attitude, it makes the show go over very well. Yeah, it can tell. I can tell that you guys have that attitude, and you know, yeah. one of the results of that is, you know, I've seen you guys doing Home Depot commercials. I opened up my Sports Illustrated this week and saw uh, an ad with you guys in there. It seems like you're genuinely benefiting from the positive exposure that you're getting via College Game Day. It's like stealing. <laughs> oh, we should all be so lucky. Oh, you should be so lucky to to have a situation like this. We yeah, we've been very fortunate that uh, the show has done well, and with it comes some other lucrative uh, things that go along with it. But the most important thing is, if the show does well, then everything else starts to mushroom. 
So, Lee, back in 1993, College Game Day, after six yes. years of just being a studio show, made the, I think, very wise decision to take this thing on the road. You go to some incredible places. One of the places you're going to start off your season is at Virginia Tech on September 1st. Virginia Tech is playing East Carolina. That's probably going to be an emotional game uh, after what happened there, the tragedy that happened there last April. Talk about going to Virginia Tech on September 1st, if you would. Well, without the tragedy, Virginia Tech's always been one of our favorite places. In fact, twice we've been there, and they've had over 15,000 people wow. show up to watch the show. So it's probably one of the best areas we've gone without any kind of tragedy. Now you add the tragedy and emotion that would happen to those students there, and it adds up to another whole dimension. So it's going to be an emotional coming together for Virginia Tech. It's their first public thing together. It's the first football game after the tragedy, and I think it's going to be very emotional. We're looking forward to it because of the fact of that emotion, plus the fact that Blacksburg, Virginia is a wonderful place to go to a college football game. Yeah, you talk about Blacksburg. Give me, I know this is going to be a tough question, but give me your three favorite college campuses to visit. Uh, one of them is Lincoln, Nebraska. I think that I think the University of Nebraska fans are the best fans in America. I think they respect the way that college football should be played, not only by themselves, but by their opponents. They, they really have a great feeling. Another, the second place probably is Blacksburg, because, again, it's a small college atmosphere, and they just absolutely love the game, and they, and they just they love the way that the, the fans, you know, they, they love their football team. And I think third place is probably LSU. LSU fans are emotional, passionate and they get there early in the morning, and they start celebrating <laughs> till late at night. Those are three of my favorite places to go. My guest is Lee Corso. He is one of the hosts of the popular ESPN show, College Game Day. Lee, are you a BCS or a playoff format guy? No, I like it just like it is. I think that we've got some bugs in it, but it's so much better than it was before when they had the mythical champions. And uh, they're not going to be any playoffs because it just extends the season too long. So I like it just the way it is. Most of the time, you get one versus two, or a top teams playing each other. Sometimes there's a controversy. The biggest controversy we had is when Auburn was 13-0 and zero and didn't get in the game. But besides that, it's worked really well, and I like it just the way it is because it puts the importance on every game throughout the football season, and the regular season is very important. The college football season quickly approaching. USC seems to be everyone's number one. Uh, who do you like? Uh, do you think USC can go wire to wire well, or someone else going to be doing it? The, the interesting thing about USC, for the first time in my career of studying this, a team like Southern California who is consensus. I mean, there's not a single person that doesn't think that they'll run the table and win, go for the championship, has the second toughest schedule hmm. in America. Now, that something's got to give. You don't play the second toughest schedule in America and go undefeated most of the time. So they're going to have to be a really special team to do that. I'm just not so sure they can go on the road and win. they got five games on the road that are, that are dangerous. But they're very, very good, I'll tell you. they got a lot. And Pete Carroll is probably the best football coach in America. Is there any team out there that we're not talking about that might fly under the radar and uh, sneak in there in the top two or three at the end of the year? Well, most of the teams are talking about. My favorite surprise team is Arizona State. Uh, that's in the Pac-10, and those guys better watch out because Dennis Erickson can flat-out coach. And uh, and as good a football coach as he is, and you get some of those good players, I think they return 
eight or nine players in our offense, and they got some good defense. And Southern California had to go the wire to beat those guys last year. With Erickson in there, people on the West Coast better look out for Dennis Erickson in Arizona State. Yeah, you know, it's interesting you bring that up. I'm based in Oregon, and Dennis Erickson obviously coached at Oregon State yeah. for a number of years, and I think you're exactly right. He's just one of those guys that wherever he goes, he's successful, and I've always wondered why Arizona State, which is really a beautiful campus, they've got lots of money in their athletic department, why they're not more prominent in the college football landscape. I think he'll get him there, don't you? Oh, there's no question that I think he will be probably – the team behind Southern California that Southern California's got to watch out for because he can coach and he can recruit to that area and they'll get some of those California guys to come to, to Arizona and it's and it's going to be a really fine job. Lee, give me a few guys we should be looking out for for the Heisman Trophy this year. Well, you got one guy, that, that booty kid at uh, Southern California is a wonderful football player and I think the only thing that might hurt him is I believe four of the last six Heisman Trophy winners have come from... Uh, Southern Cal. Yeah. I mean, somebody might get, you know, a little sick bit of it. Uh, sick of that. And so let's give it to someone else. But and there's a kid named Darren McFadden that's a running back at Arkansas that's a wonderful football player. So it's, it's between those two right now. But then there's all kinds of sleepers around there. You never know. My guest is Lee Corso. He's one of the hosts of ESPN's popular college game day show. Uh, How did you come up with the mascot head prediction? You, I mean, it's become synonymous with you, and I, I just think it's hilarious. Well, thank you very much. It happened at Ohio State with Brutus the Buckeye. This big old ugly head came by with it, you know the mascot, and I and I told the Herb Street, I said, you know, it'd be funny when I pick. I just put that head on. They didn't know who I'm picking. I won't have to say anything. And I did it, and all of a sudden the crowd went wild, the truck went wild, the ratings went wild. I said, I think myself, I got myself a shtick here. Yeah, and you even got, you were talking about easy money earlier in the show. Uh, you got some easy money from being in a Nike commercial wearing a mascot head last year. I mean, it's genius. <laughs> I tell you what, I didn't get very much money for <laughs> being around for three days and doing nothing. Uh-oh. <laughs> but that was fun. I enjoyed the The Nike people were wonderful to work with, and I enjoyed working out in California in that situation. So one of the other main reasons we wanted to have you on today yes. is to talk about Team Baby Entertainment. I was intrigued by this because I've got a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter. We watch a lot of Baby Einstein. Right. And the people that you work with kind of have billed this as Baby Einstein meets Sports Center, and you're yes. narrating these NCAA-themed DVDs. Explain. Yeah, well, TeamBabyEntertainment.com can tell you more about it, but basically it's been accredited and licensed by the NCAA, so you know it's a first-class situation Team Baby Entertainment is in, it's an informative DVD to entertain and educate your young child, particularly using the university or a team you root for. And it's great because you can, it can help them with their counting, their spelling, their shapes, their colors. And we use a lot of all of the schools and the mascots and the colors of the schools. And it's really a great way because what it does, it gets you involved as a grandparent with your kids and your loyalty and love and passion of your favorite team and it's educational that's the most important thing and uh, with a with a business like with michael eisner behind it you know it's going to be a first-class operation and it's it's one of the, the things that i really enjoy doing maybe more more than anything i've done in a long time is i'm trying to give back to the young people, really young people, and I think it's a great opportunity. Yeah, you're a grandparent, right? So this yeah. is probably fun for your grandkids to watch their grandpa do, right? It's it's something that's really good because I got uh, I've got you know I I got five grandchildren and I've got uh, 
uh, five granddaughters and a grandson, and I <laughs> I got all the kids there that, that love it very much. So I can't highly recommend this enough. Go out and get it. Get your favorite team, you know, the Trojans or, or US, UCLA or something like that. But get your team, get your baby, team baby, entertainment.com look up the dvd it's great you'll love it okay well, yeah that's great and a few of the other things you've got the nba you've got major league baseball nascar i saw ben affleck is doing the the team baby red sox, red sox. yeah george steinbrenner does the yankees and uh matthew mcconaughey does texas i tell you what it's one of the best things to come along and i recommend everybody get one a team babyentertainment.com a DVD, okay? We've got just a few minutes left. Let me ask you a few more questions. You know, I was doing my research on you and I see that you're the director of business operations for uh, a company called Dixon Ticonderoga. Right. They make pencils. You you use the number two pencil. I'm looking at one right here. Everybody uses the number two Dixon, number two pencil. It's famous. It's the fifth oldest consumer product company in the United States. It's a, it's a one of we do writing instruments, and I've been doing it now for 13 years as the bit director of business development. And what I'm telling you that it's a great company, and we and they, not only pencils, we all use all kinds of praying paints, and also with um, with different. That's I do that also besides ESPN television. I'm in the business world also. So I saw you made a crayon out of soybeans. Is yeah, that... I made a crayon out of soybeans. <laughs> and listen, not only that, we're making a new pencil out of rubber tires. you got to be kidding me. No, it's going to be it's a rubber pencil. Wait till you see it. It's great stuff. We're always on a cutting edge and trying to do things that help the environment. And that uh, soybean crayon is, is doing real well, although Crayola is a tough ten- crayon to beat. It's still pretty good. Now I know why when you're making your point on College Game Day, you're waving that pencil, baby. And the top is called the furl. That's that green and gold thing at the top. Yep. That's my secret. See you later. I got to run. Thanks, Lee. Okay, thank you. You take care. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. When I'm looking for a place to have dinner with family, friends, or business associates, there's only one restaurant on my list. Morton's The Steakhouse, the best steak anywhere. In its 28th year in business, Morton serves only the finest quality foods, featuring USDA prime-age beef, fresh seafood, hand-picked produce, and decadent desserts prepared to perfection. Not to mention the award-winning wine list. When my destination is Morton's, the best is always on the menu. And they treat me like a VIP during every visit, whether in the dining room or the private boardrooms. With almost 75 restaurants conveniently located around the world, Morton's is the gold standard when it comes to steakhouses. To find the Morton's nearest you or to make a reservation, go online to mortons.com. Morton's, the best steak anywhere and the official steakhouse of Sports Business Radio. One-on-one with those making the big-time decisions that impact your sport. This is Sports Sense on Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Radio. My guest is Charles Robinson. He's the NFL reporter for Yahoo Sports. You can read his work online at yahoosports.com. Charles, thanks for joining us this week. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing good. 
Big week, obviously, with the Michael Vick case. Uh, Lawyer Billy Martin said on Monday that his client, Michael Vick, will plead guilty to federal dogfighting conspiracy charges this Monday, August 27th. You know, Vick was the face of the Falcons franchise. He's one of the faces of the NFL. He had a lucrative $130 million deal. What's the reaction to the news uh, around the league? Well, I I think most people, um, even though they expected it to come to this point, especially after, uh, you know, Vic's, uh, the two men, excuse me, three men that were also uh, included in that indictment, I think everyone expected it to come to this point, but there's still sort of that shock of, wow, this is really happening. Not only are you seeing um, really a guy who is considered one of the most dynamic players in the game only two years ago, if not the most dynamic player in the game two years ago. You're also seeing uh, really a centerpiece and a superstar in the league who now is looking at a jail sentence, um, is looking at possibly never playing in the NFL again. And and also, I've talked to a few people within the NFC West, and they're almost looking, excuse me, NFC South, they're almost looking at the Atlanta Falcons as being an expansion team now because you've taken the centerpiece of that team, uh, they, they built a scheme around this guy, and they also really built their salary cap uh, you know, around this guy when they've added players around him. All of a sudden, you're looking at the Falcons having to take that hit and, and start from scratch. So I think a lot of people are shocked. Yeah, you know, I've racked my brain all week, and I've tried to come up with an athlete that's had a, a further fall from grace. The only guy that I could think of was Mike Tyson, who had to go to prison for three yeah. years. I mean, Kobe Bryant didn't have to go to prison. Ray Lewis didn't have to go to prison. Mike Vick's going to prison. Right, right. And that's it really, I don't think there's any anyone you could really compare it to other than Mike Tyson. And, and the legitimate question that's being asked about Michael Vick right now is, will this guy ever be the same? I mean, you're talking about a, a player who really has struggled since that team made the NFC Championship two two seasons ago. And, um, you know, this was supposed to be the year that Bobby Petrino got him back on track. If, and, and this is far down the road. If Michael Vick ever gets a second chance, that second chance won't come any earlier than the 2009 season and may come even, you know, later than that. So I, I think legitimately, despite the fact that this is a guy who, you know, if he does get a second shot at the NFL – it wouldn't happen until his early 30s or, or late 20s at the very best. I, I don't think anyone looks at this situation and says this is a guy who can ever return or, or even reach um, all that massive, all the massive expectation that he had coming into the league. A lot of people looked at Michael Vick when he was drafted and said this is a guy who could change the NFL. Well, maybe Michael Vick has changed the NFL, but in a far different manner than anyone really expected. Charles, let's look into our crystal balls for a moment. Um, you were just kind of talking about what the next few years could look like. I mean, with the prison sentence, we're hearing anywhere from, you know, two years to four years. And then, you know, here's my thing. If Pac-Man Jones got suspended for a year, and obviously what Pac-Man Jones did was terrible, but he got suspended for a year and he's not a convicted felon. If you're Roger Goodell and Michael Vick lied to you and he's a convicted felon, don't you have to give him more than a year suspension? Well, part of it's going to have to do with, obviously, the, the, the plea agreement. And essentially what's going to happen is he's going to stand before a federal judge. federal judge is going to tick off a number of things and essentially ask Michael Vick, you know, were you involved with this? Are these charges correct? And, and some of that is going to be, you know, gambling allegations, the fact that, you know, gambling occurred on a large degree around this dog fighting operation. And, 
I think if the NFL was totally honest, the NFL doesn't like the dog fighting part of this, not at all, clearly. They don't want to deal with PETA. They don't want to deal with the Humane Society and all the negativity that comes with this. But the NFL has been through very ugly things before. I mean, there, there's been a player in the past, obviously, in Ray Cruz, who put out a contract on his pregnant girlfriend. They've seen, you know, Fred Lane was, was murdered by his girlfriend, uh, you know, after years and years of, of abuse in that relationship. They've been through really ugly, terrible, awful things. I think what the NFL is really, really upset about is beyond just the dogfighting angle of this, the fact that this gambling entered into this, which is a huge no-no in all of sports, and the fact that Michael Vick lied, the fact that he was brought out you know, in front of the commissioner uh, you know, on Park Avenue and, and they laid it out for him and said, look, just tell us the truth what really happened, and, and come clean. And Michael Vick refused to do that. So I, I think if the suspension is anything, um, I think if it extends anything beyond one year, you're probably looking at uh, Roger Goodell stepping out and saying, you are banned from the NFL for life but with review, which means maybe after two years, um, you know, Roger Goodell would, would review everything and, and once again sit down with Michael Vick and, allow him to to try and uh i guess petition for reinstatement but no matter what i mean it's it's about as bad as it could possibly get for michael vick not only is he going to lose his freedom he's probably lost at least 75 million dollars in in both contract and endorsement dollars at least 75 million and and you know his career will never be the same my guest is Charles Robinson. He's the NFL reporter for Yahoo Sports. You can read his work online at yahoosports.com. You know, Charles, a lot of people are clamoring for Falcons owner Arthur Blank to just outright cut Michael Vick from the team after Vick's admission of guilt. But, you know, it's not as easy as it sounds. By keeping Vick on the roster, the Falcons can actually go after $22 million of his signing bonus proration. Why don't you explain that to our listeners? Uh, there's some things that... Uh, Maybe deeper than the than it appears to the the naked eye. Right. Oh, absolutely. I, people have to remember this. Okay, Michael Vick signed a ten year, one hundred thirty million dollar contract in two thousand four. Now, now that really kicked in in two thousand five. But what the Falcons can do by keeping him on the roster since that contract was signed, you know, he was paid a little over forty three, is about forty three to forty four million dollars. Now thirty, about thirty six to thirty seven million of that came in in guaranteed bonuses. Now, they were all kinds of different bonuses. We're not just talking about a signing bonus. Now, under the CBA, the Falcons can go back and go after a portion of that money. Now, the exact figure, no one's exactly sure what that is because they have to sort out what kind of bonuses these were, how much of it came in a signing bonus, how much of it came in roster bonuses, and and really what legally they can go back and, and essentially ask for uh, from Michael Vick. Now, the reason they want to do this is you're looking at a team now that is looking at a $6 million, a minimum of a $6 million salary cap when they release him this year, and then $15 million next year that could possibly be split up uh, between 2008 and 2009, depending on, you know, when they release him and, you know, some CBA language that they kind of have to sift through at this point. Now, if they go after some of the previous money, that, that 37 to $38 million in, uh, in guaranteed bonus money, they will be able to get some cap, cap relief in the future by essentially saying, hey, look, you know, uh, some of this doesn't, uh, shouldn't be uh, included in 
essentially what the accelerated money is that comes back and hits us in the future. Of that $15 million, we went back and got, say, $7 million of it. So really, we essentially only paid out $8 million that should accelerate. So they can play with some of that future money that they would take in terms of a hit um, against the salary cap based on what they go back and get uh, from the previous money. It's a very complicated process. But, yeah, they, there is no reason right now, knowing what's, uh, what they have to sort of sift through, that, that Arthur Blank has to step out and release him now. It's going to happen eventually. It's just they're trying to figure out financially what makes the most sense, and a lot of that has to do with calendar dates. And it's safe to say that the Falcons are going to wait for the NFL to hand down their punishment before they right. would take any action against Michael Vick, right? Right. The NFL has asked them not to make any – right. Roger Goodell has asked Arthur Blank – not to make any decisions until the NFL has had a chance to come to a conclusion, and that won't happen until the NFL hears what's involved in this plea agreement, what Michael Vick, you know, essentially uh, pleads guilty to, what uh, what declaration he makes before this judge, and, and a lot of that has to do also with really the gambling angle. They want to hear if this federal judge says to Michael Vick, you know, uh, was part of this whole venture. Um, you know, was gambling a major part of this whole venture? Did you supply, you know, the money, the wagers on, on some of these uh, dogfighting matches? I think that's really what the NFL is going to be paying a lot of attention to. So at this point, the Falcons can't even make a decision without the NFL making a decision for them first. So there's, there's really a lot of things that have to happen. But ultimately, what is going to happen is Michael Vick is no longer going to play for the Atlanta Falcons. Michael Vick will be suspended by the NFL probably the mi- a minimum of a year, and it could extend far beyond that. And Michael Vick is going to lose his freedom for you know anywhere from 12 to 24 months. Charles, let's look at the bigger picture here for the NFL. I mean, Vic, again, one of the faces of the league. He's been in the league for several years, and we're learning that he was involved with these activities since his rookie year. If you're the NFL, how did you miss this? Well, it, this is this is one of those unfortunate things with the NFL and, and NFL security. You can't know everything about all your guys. Now, I've heard a lot of people say, well, this was a superstar. Don't you know everything about your superstars? Not necessarily. I mean, you really have to. It's still a league of, you know, 1,500 to 1,600 players. You can't know what everyone's doing all the time. You know, this stretched on for, yes, five to six years. But it's also been, I think it's really been one of the league's dirty little secrets, and the league would never want to come out and admit this. But for a long time, I think there's been guys who, although they wouldn't come out and say they participated in dogfighting, would allude to certain things in locker rooms. Just like I think a couple of years ago, we went through the whole Super Bowl ticket scandal, and that was kind of the NFL's dirty little secret. Well, you know what? The Super Bowl ticket scandal was going on for decades, and and you know you had coaches, uh, you know, scalping tickets for the longest time, and and it was widely known and really never hit the fan until Mike Tice got involved in it. And and to some point, I do think dogfighting, although it's a very, very small percentage of players, uh, you know, I do think this is something that within NFL locker rooms, it's a known commodity. You you heard Clinton Portis come out after this whole thing kind of, you know, unfolded and, and had a very dismissive attitude to the, about the whole thing. And there were other players who I think have also felt this way. I know for a fact I know of one player who has a tattoo on his lower back of two dogs fighting in a pit. And, you know, so this is part of the NFL's 
uh, culture that I think will change this point forward, just like through the, t- the Super Bowl ticket scandal. That all changed when Mike Tice got involved in it. Now that Michael Vick has been involved in this, I think from this point forward, you're going to see attitudes shift dramatically when this topic comes up. But do you think we're going to see the feds, because this is such a high-profile case, are they going to go after any of those other players? Are they going to investigate a Clinton Portis, or is this going to be isolated and they're going to say, we got our guy from this day forward, let's hope that we don't have a problem with this again? Well, there has to be evidence. I mean, in in a lot of ways, people don't realize um, that, you know, remember, they didn't raid that house uh, that, that was owned by Michael Vick initially um, as part of a dogfighting investigation. It just sort of became part of a larger investigation once they found evidence that this dogfighting ring had existed. So, in a, in a way, all of this has sort of been serendipitous on the part of the federal government and, and really everything that's developed over the last few months. I don't think... I do think that it's, as far as the NFL is concerned, the league will clearly be looking out for this. There's no doubt in my mind, and, and I, I can almost guarantee you that this time next year the league will have held seminars with NFL players, if not in every city, at least you know with, with NFLPA reps, people of that ilk, just to say, hey, look, okay, it's time that... You know, we educate players that you cannot be involved in things like this. You can't be involved with people who are involved with things like this. It's definitely going to become a a major topic on the NFL's agenda, you know, from this point forward. So some things are going to change. Whether or not other players will be prosecuted, I think a lot of that would have to do with, A, you know, whether anyone ever comes out and gets caught in another situation like this, or B, and, and what I consider to be a very unlikely scenario, Michael Vick, you know, turns around and starts to name other NFL players, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. You know, it's interesting to me with the Tim Donaghy uh, NBA situation and with this situation, you've got two very high-profile leagues that need to take a serious look at their security departments. Right. Listen, one question left. We've just got about a minute left. This story has really dominated the headlines this summer. How's the NFL doing heading into the season? Are they going to be able to overcome this? And three months from now, we won't even be talking about this, and we'll be talking about on the field football. I, I don't. I think it, it's unrealistic to think that you know we won't be talking about this. I think we'll be talking about this for a long time. I mean, you know, Mike, Mike's still got to be sentenced. We've still got to watch him actually, you know, show up for his his jail term. Um, you know, there will be a lot of talk about this for a while, but I don't think it's going to overshadow the league. The bottom line is, you know, once the season rolls around, they start to play games, we're going to forget about a lot of things, the Pac-Man Jones of the world, the, the Tank Johnsons. A lot of that negativity of the off season will go away, and we'll, we'll get back to all the feel-good storylines and, you know, who's press, pressing for a Super Bowl. And, you know, that will all uh, sort of reinvigorate the league. But this league, this the Michael Vick thing will linger, and I think it's going to linger for a long time. I mean, I, I don't think, I don't even think it's a matter of months. I think this is something that's going to linger on for a matter of years. Charles, I appreciate your time this week. Guests appearing during our Sports Sense segment will be treated to the gold standard of all steakhouses. Morton's a steakhouse, the best steak anywhere. For the Morton's nearest you, go online to mortons.com. He's Charles Robinson, NFL reporter for yahoosports.com. You can read him online at yahoosports.com. Again, Charles, thanks for catching up, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Call me anytime, Brian. Thank you very much. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Another one buys the dust. Hey, hey, hey. Gonna get you to another one buys the dust. Hey, hey, hey. 
Hi, this is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. When I'm looking for custom fit fine clothing and personal service to match, I call my friend Brian Tacker with the Tom James Company. Tom James' highly trained sales professionals like Brian Tacker come directly to your home or office saving you valuable time. Brian plans and coordinates my wardrobe so I am perfectly attired for any situation, whether it's a TV interview, a press conference, or a fundraiser. The Tom James Company offers over 500 suit fabrics and 250 shirt fabrics, and they carry all the accessories you'll need, from belts and ties to shoes and socks. The Tom James Company has been in business for over 40 years, and 80% of their business is generated from repeat customers. Call Brian Tacker today at 503-807-7956 or find his information at sportsbusinessradio.com. Brian Tacker and the Tom James Company, the official fine clothing partner of Sports Business Radio. The website is sportsbusinessradio.com. We are back, and I want to thank a few of our new affiliates that are joining us this week for the first time. First, 1480 and 1560, the game in Houston, Texas. Uh, I want to thank David Gow. He's their owner. Richard Topper. John Granado and Debbie Brazer, thanks so much for having us on there in Houston. We're really excited about being on in Houston. And also WMOH, 1450 AM in Hamilton, Ohio. They also serve the Cincinnati area. Thanks to station manager Chris Thies and program director Bill Douglas. Lots of thank yous for our show this week. Lee Corso from ESPN's Game Day. Charles Robinson from Yahoo Sports. He's their NFL reporter. Our show staff. Nathan Roach, Bobby Corser, Josh Blank, Darren Peck, Ron Barr, James Harris, and Doug Zanger. Our sponsors, Morton's The Steakhouse, the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon, and ProTrade.com. A podcast reminder, you can catch our show on demand via podcast every week by going to sportsbusinessradio.com and clicking on the podcast page. Go for uh, breaking news. Check out the blog at sportsbusinessradio.com. I'm Brian Berger. Have a terrific week. We'll see you next weekend. You've been listening to Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. Robert Sarver, the owner of the Phoenix Suns. When people come to a Suns game, what kind of an experience do you want it to be for them? We want them to be entertained from the time they walk in to the time they leave. The co-owner of the Sacramento Kings, Gavin Maloof. Gavin, thanks for joining me. My pleasure, Brian. How are you? Dr. Miles Brand, the president of the NCAA. Sports Business Radio. Saturday. That's why you're a smart business person. <laughs> or at sportsbusinessradio.com. <laughs>